0: How do I look like a
1: genius? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 134 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and unfortunately, Miguel could not be here today. So instead, I have a very special guest sitting in for him.
0: Hey, everybody. Bubba Clay's here. How y'all doing?
1: Hey, Bubba. What's going on?
0: Oh, not much. I got to come in again for my brother.
1: Yeah. Always yeah. happy
0: to be here. You know that. Yeah. We're always happy to have you. He laying up in bed with his back. Or actually, he's missing in action. What happened? I
1: don't know. Something about furry? I don't know even what the hell that is. Furries? I think that's what he said. He went to the furry club? Uh, well, there's a club called the Furry Club? Well, if you read this week's Horse Minions, you'll see what that's all about.
0: <laughs> he was always into strange things back in the day. Mama always said he had problems.
1: Okay, this is not going to fly for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> too, too Hello, much, Miguel. How's it going? Too much, Bubba? <laughs> too much, Bubba. <laughs> How's it going?
0: It's going pretty good. My back hurts. What'd you do? I was at a furry club. Wow. <laughs> no, not kidding. You bastards. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I must have slept wrong or some shit. Or somebody must have hit me in the back. It wasn't me. I know it wasn't you, because you don't sleep next to me. Uh, <laughs> we sleep in different rooms. <laughs> we, sleep, we sleep in different counties. <laughs> and that's the way it's going to stay. <laughs> nice!
1: What happened to the love, man? Don't, don't you want 100% deliciousness? Uh, I don't think the world wants 100% deliciousness. I
0: think you're wrong. I think Mr. King Daddy over there at Black Forest Comics wants this deliciousness up on his wall.
1: Well, he's a he's a, he's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I know Mr. Barrameda wants this, too. Well, don't put words in Barry's mouth. He he responded to the episode. He said the episode was funny, and, and he enjoyed listening to it, but he didn't actually respond to your request for a calendar shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got the pasties. I got the tassels. I got it all ready. I'm going to go Miley Cyrus on him. You should shoot it at a furry club. Just, <laughs> just guys, guys in costumes all around you every Oh, every what shot. the hell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be hilarious. I don't know where this love of furries came from. I don't like no furries. No, you love them. We know. I don't love the furries. Sure you do. I never knew what a furry was until <laughs> the
1: con. And then you couldn't get enough after that moment. What? No, <laughs> <laughs> you stupid ass. Well, we got a lot to go over today, so let's move on to this week's comics. Uh, what were your top two this week, Miguel? You always say we got a lot to go over, yeah. but It never seems like we got a lot. Well, we got an hour, so we got to fill that. <laughs> nice. <hour. laughs>
0: a lot of blah blah and a blah blah. I got gotcha. you. Okay, here we go. My number two this week was the Punisher. Number five, written by Betty Clunen. Becky Clunan and By who? <laughs> Betty Clunen? Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to tell her that. Don't gonna, tell her that. She's pretty badass. She, she might she kick she gonna my come, ass. Yeah, she's going to beat the shit out of you. You know, I like her. Uh, I don't like that kind of beating, but still. And Steve Dillon. Man, I love the way. Now I'm going to kiss ass. I love the way she does the Punisher, dude. He's freaking vicious.
1: I love the writing. I just can't get past Steve Dillon's art. Like, I I, I think he does some things very well, mm-hmm. but he, I. Punisher looks way too feminine to me, the way he draws him. Like, some of those scenes, he just looks like he's, like...
0: Dude, just because the way the eyes look and the hair looks. I, I, you not got get past that crap. It's all about the violence.
1: But uh, even some of the violence... Like, all the, all the character faces look exactly the same, and they all look very feminine.
0: Especially after they take all that, <sighs> that whatever stuff they put in them or whatever. They all got the red eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it w- it's a good story. I think the story's decent, and, you know, I've talked before the story's more important than the art, because it is. But I don't know, something about his art just really bugs me. The Punisher
0: does not look like a woman.
1: Some of those panels he does. Flip, flip back through. What? It.
0: You look at the Punisher like, ooh, this is turning me on. <laughs> no. You don't look at the Punisher that way. He's the ultimate dominatrix. Nice. Put <laughs> a bull in your ass. The Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You need a safe word that you say before you even walk in. <laughs> My safe word is bare media. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I don't think he's taking a bullet for you. <laughs> not, not that kind of bullet. At least. <laughs> I,
0: I, don't, I don't think. Now you're going to make me go back and look. I don't think he looks like a woman. Again, I was too involved in the story, man. Damn, that story's is wild. Is that the kingpin at the end? Yeah. That's what I thought. I was yeah. like,
1: damn. It's pretty good. Okay, so the Punisher, uh, he's infiltrated that compound. He's trying to kill everybody. Uh, the one guy has a plan to infect everybody with the gas that's going to turn them all into rage monsters. Mm-hmm. So he releases it into the plant. Punisher came prepared, of course, so he puts on the gas mask, and he gives the other gas mask he has to the girl, and then he keeps killing people. And he takes out everybody until he gets to the man and the woman who are running the organization. He shoots the gas mask of the guy. And the guy breathes in the infection stuff and like collapses to the ground. But he doesn't actually kill him. He just like, injures him and breaks the mask. Mm-hmm. And then he kicks in the door to the final room where the woman is. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil how that ends. But basically the guy that he didn't kill that got infected is now running around free in the <laughs> world with red eyes. Like planning his revenge against the Punisher. <laughs> and honestly there wasn't like a whole lot of story. In this one, like not a lot happened, but it's very action packed. Oh yeah, and very violent, and you know typical Punisher stuff. So it's a fun read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish all the characters didn't look the same. And Come on, <laughs> I wish the Punisher didn't look like a woman. Whatever.
0: Don't forget that the agent that's with him now, the woman, is going in to get her partner. Remember, because he fell out of the helicopter into their thing, so he took him. Right. He put it, and the bad guy put did a Joker on him. Yeah. Got his face off. Stuck it to the wall.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's not bad. I mean, it's, like I said, the story's good. It's just all... the Punisher does not look like a woman. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, post some of these pictures so you guys can see. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was I mean, my number two. I, I feel bad like talking bad about anybody's art because I he draws a hell of a lot better than I can. It's just I don't know something about it is seems off. I don't is know there something
0: you into that you don't want,
1: you want to tell us? You know, <laughs> I, I think he maybe rushed the art or something. I don't know. It just it looks. Incorrect uh, I was talking about you, personal. Are you into something now we don't know? You like being punished? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's more your thing. No, what? <laughs> what was your number two, you bastard? My number two was Amazing Spider-Man number 18 by Dan Slott and R.B. Silva.
0: Oh, I had that on my list, too, but I changed it.
1: Uh, this is a throwback to Superior Spider-Man. This is the first time we've really seen things through Otto's eyes since Superior. And uh, it's kind of funny because he's, he's inside of the living brain, the robot that Peter Parker uses as kind of his assistant. And he's trying to figure out if he can get back with uh, the girlfriend in love with him. Anna Maria. She has moved on, and she started dating this one guy in the laboratory. And he's like, oh, this is not going to fly. So he convinces that guy to leave by manipulating him and knocking him unconscious. And when he wakes up, he tells him that he has all these amazing job offers. And so he leaves the company. He doesn't really care about Anna Maria. So then Otto is like, well, now's my chance. If I confess what's going on, maybe she'll take me back. And he starts trying to ask her questions in a roundabout way. And she's like, oh no, now that I know who Otto was, I know he was Dr. Octopus, and he was like a fucked up weird creep guy, there was no way in hell I'd ever go back to him. I know. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, Peter Parker shows up, and uh, Otto is really annoyed because he wants to take over Peter's body again, because he figures that's the only way he has any kind of a chance of getting back with her. And uh, Peter starts to realize something's going wrong with the living brain. He thinks he has some kind of malfunction, and Anna Maria's like, yeah, you gotta take a look at him. There's something wrong with him, Doc. And so Otto starts trying to attack him. And, of course, you know, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, so he just beats the crap out of the robot and ends up ends up knocking him down. And Otto's like, well, I'm not going out without a fight. So he explodes and tries to take Peter down, too. Uh, he escapes inside of one of his little Autobots. Yeah, that's what it was. That's how. I <laughs> not not Autobot, it. not Transformer, but, like, Autobot. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and he escapes. And, uh, you know, it, it sets the groundwork for what's coming next with the Dead No More storyline, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see Otto come back.
0: Well, you got to remember, he really lost it when Peter told him, well, you know, Otto realized that I was the superior Spider-Man, so he let me take over. And that's when he tripped, and that's when he
1: lies! (laughs) It was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It was nice to have that throwback to Superior, which was probably my favorite Spider-Man run ever. So I liked it a lot.
0: I'm, I'm anxious to see Doc back. I wonder, you know, if they're going to use that Jackal stuff and probably some
1: Peter yeah, Parker think, stuff and I mix it I think that's the together. way it's going. Uh, Otto's going to seek out the Jackal now that he knows about the company that's building new bodies for people. And he's going to take some of his DNA and have the Jackal build him a new body and probably try to survive that way by implanting himself back into a cloned version of himself. Yeah, a
0: cloned uh, version of himself or maybe a little cloned version with Peter in it? Maybe. little Peter in him?
1: <laughs> it could be. We could have superior versus amazing, like, in the real world. That would be awesome. That would be awesome, because they neither one of them could hold back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd be really excited to see that. There's there's a, a promising future, I think, for Spider-Man. I'm, I'm really excited for what's coming.
0: Yeah, they're doing a great job. Dan Slott's doing a great job over there. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, uh, what was your number one? Demonic number two by
0: Christopher Sabella. I don't know the other guy. <laughs> I can never figure it out, because it confuses me. Because unlike the other ones, they usually put the guy who writes it, and then the, guy who does, or the woman, woman or girl who does the art. But with theirs, they do like pencils, colors, and what. So I can never figure out who the hell it is. So
1: the artist is the penciler. Well, I don't it's, know it's that ne- cr- Nico Walter. I don't know that crap. What the
0: hell do I look like a genius? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm just deliciousness. I'm not a genius. Okay? Uh, I'm not even sure you're that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm all that, baby. But demonic number two, man, dude is killing. Got his Wolverine claws on. The demon wants him to do more killing, wants him to love it. So he's just like, fuck it, we're gonna do this the right way. So he starts doing his little. His paperwork, well, First shit in first, order?
1: At first, he doesn't want to make any choices. The demon's like, yeah. you have to kill people. You have to deliver souls to me in order to keep what you want. I'm going to kill your bitch and your kid, and, pretty much. And he's like, okay, I'll do that for you, but who do you want me to kill? And she's like, well, you have to choose. It's your choice. You find the people. You take them out. You, they're just offerings to me. And he's like, well, what if I bring you like a selection of people? Like These are all bad people I know. Who should I kill? And she's like, I'm not making those decisions for you. This is something you have to choose. You have to choose to kill these people and, and sacrifice them to me. Or you know my retribution will be swift and and deadly,
0: well, that's the thing she wants to break him,
1: yeah, she's trying to break him down because she's taking the souls of all these people that he's killing, but the soul she really wants is his, and she can't have that until he's broke- a broken man basically mm-hmm. and he and at the same time he's trying to figure out some way to defeat the demon or you know satisfy her requirements enough that she'll leave him and his family alone. but you know you never make a deal with the devil, it never works out for you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who are you telling that to? <laughs> The world, deal, kind of deal did you make? I made no deal. <laughs> the, he comes to me for deals. Oh, okay. <laughs> no no calendars, please. I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> <Nice>.
0: <laughs> Everybody wants a calendar. But no, man, it's so cool because he puts all this stuff in line. And he just says, fuck it. I'm just going to start killing, but I'm going to kill it my way. The messed up part is the detective that was in there has a fucking clue that it might be him. Yeah. And it actually might be something like a, on a demonic level, which is kind of creeping my ass out. I was like, how does this guy know shit like that? Was he, did he make a deal with the devil too back in the day? It's kind of make you wonder.
1: Yeah, there's definitely something going on. Either way, it's really well written. You're going to find out he's an angel, dog. He's an angel. Well, he could be. He could be like, you know, doing the Lord's work or something. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a really fun read, really interesting. Um, one of the better demon-related books I've read recently. Christopher Sabal is a great writer, so I really enjoyed this one as well. It was almost in my top three.
0: I think the art could be better, though. I'm not dogging the guy's art, but I just think it could be a little bit better. It'd be, it'd
1: be easier to see. Well, it's supposed to be really dark. I think it's just stylized for the type of story that it is, and I think it works really well.
0: I think if they drew it more like the Punisher, we'd be able to see that. <laughs>
1: Everybody's a woman. Nice! No!
0: You know, just make it where the guy's claws and kind of stand. I mean, it's so jaggedy, whatever. You can't really tell where the where the costume stops in some parts. I won't be able to get a clearer picture of him. I guess down the road we probably will. I, I guess you like he's doing it right like that way, so... You see it like little glimpses, and so you get hooked. I don't mm-hmm. know. But it's, it's good. I enjoy it. I enjoy
1: it, too. So what was your number one? My number one was Batman number seven, Rise of the Monster Men, part one.
0: Piece of crap. That's my pick of the week.
1: By Steve Orlando, Tom King, and drawn by Riley Rossimo. Steve who? The great Steve Orlando. That's right. Don't you ever address him common again. Uh, so anyways, Steve has taken the, the lead on this crossover. Uh, he's re- he's co-writing this with all the people that are writing their own books. Like, Tom King is the normal Batman writer, so he- Steve is the general architect of this crossover. And they're working together to write this story. He also did the same thing with Nightwing oh. and the writer of that book. Uh, this is part one, and I thought this was just slightly better than part two. Both of them are excellent. One of the most interesting and unique DC crossovers I've seen in a long time, it's basically Batman versus Godzilla. Nice! <laughs> That's what Steve said in an interview. Uh, he's fighting these monster men that are towering giant creatures that basically Hugo Strange created in a laboratory. He infected the, these corpses with some kind of thing that turned them into these giant kind of things, and Batman has to fight them. And granted, he has help. You know, Batwoman's with him, and he's got the other Robins, and he's got Duke working on the inside. With Alfred. Right. And, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can taking these things down, but Batman's, like, crashing planes into it, and <laughs> shooting it, and throwing bombs in its throat, and. It's just not working.
0: It's awesome. Now you mentioned the Godzilla. I'd love to see like Matt Frank come in here and start drawing some monsters for that'd be so freaking cool.
1: Because oh man. Well, one of the biggest selling points for me is seeing Steve Orlando and Riley Rossmo working together. Yeah. Because I'm a huge Riley Rossmo fan. I love his art so much. I've been a fan since Drumheller. Yeah. And <laughs> Drumheller. <know>, <laughs> we, we we love Steve. You know that's obvious. To anybody who listens to the show. So and I've really grown to like Tom King's stuff too. Like the last couple of years, he's been killing it. Uh, So this is just a great collaboration. A lot of people, I really like their stuff. And I just can't say enough good things about this. I'm really excited to finish reading Rise of the Monster Men because it's it's been great.
0: One thing I'll say is the guys who normally write Nightwing and write Batman and uh, Batwoman or whatever, they're fine. There's nothing wrong with the way they write stories. I I want to point that out first. But when you bring someone of a level of a Steve Orlando in there with his mind and how he thinks as, as you know, Undertow and all that stuff he's done before in the past... It brings a certain feel, a different feel to the book, and that's what really made Batman stand out for me this week. Uh, you know, I love Batman. mm mm-hmm. yeah, Hence by the tattoo on my leg. But this story is like,
1: I don't know, man. This just got me. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm hooked, I, too. I've
0: enjoyed reading The Nightwing. I was like, oh, shit, part two.
1: Damn. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even realize when you picked him up. You were just buying Batman and Nightwing. Right, and I do. looked up. Wait a minute. <laughs> is this is Orlando? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So kudos to.
1: Kudos? D- kudos, kudos. What's a, what's a kudos?
0: what I got in my pants for you. <laughs> <laughs> kudos to DC for allowing a great guy who they signed, Steve Orlando, to write other things. This man is talented.
1: Well, really, and- kudos to them for taking a chance on Steve because really all he had done that was from a major publisher was Virgil and Undertow. And they took a chance on him and gave him Midnighter, which was the perfect book for him. And he's just exploded. He's, gonna, he's, he's the hottest writer at DC right now. And his star is shining bright, and it's just going to keep shining brighter and brighter because they're going to keep giving him more opportunities, and he's going to keep proving himself. And honestly, like we got so lucky that Steve was one of the first people we interviewed on this show, and we interviewed him right around the time that he was making these connections and getting these opportunities. And uh, I mean, it's just been great for him and great for us, and he's a good friend, and I'm really happy that we know him.
0: Yeah, no, we've given him underwear, and uh, we've done it all. <laughs> uh, you, you've given him underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the man is talented. Uh, as we said before, DC is freaking killing it right now, yeah. and not just with Steve, with everything they're doing right now. And I'm, I'm excited, man.
1: They, I mean, honestly, there's this there's this feeling that I get now that I've, I know all these people, and I've spent so much time getting to know all these people that there's like this click of like the hot new young writers. And it's people like Steve, it's people like Tim Seeley, it's people like Frank Barberi, it's people like James Tinney Like They're all this tight-knit group of writers that all came up together, and now they're all signing exclusive deals with DC. They're all getting the opportunity to write these classic characters, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and all of their stars are just shining bright, and they're all, you know, they're all raising up together, which is so cool, because not only do they all individually write incredibly well, they also work really well together, and they're all friends, too. I get the feeling from talking to these guys that they're all a very close, tight-knit group, and they all support each other, which is just really cool.
0: find That's a good point. And another thing I want to point about that is it's really cool that we have gotten a chance to meet these people, and we've talked to them, and we've interviewed them. And they actually treat us like friends, which is really cool. That's, that's the, the other thing. There's nothing that feels better when you buy a book, and you look at the book, and you look at the name. And it's like, hey, I know this guy, and he's yeah. really cool with me, and we're friends, and we're buddies, and I'm reading his work, and I'm helping him. It's, it's a great feeling to be able to read anything by guys you admire uh, who do great work. And I agree with you. Tim Seely, you know Steve Orlando, i throw Becky out there. Uh, Frank Pabari, obviously the revisionist I love so much. Who,
1: who, B- Betty? Did you say Betty? Shut up, fool! <laughs> <laughs> I <didn't> say Betty. Don't <laughs> get me in trouble with her.
0: <laughs> I mean, Matthew Rosenberg. I mean, come on now. Yeah. I mean, Fred Valente. I mean, we know all these guys. And these guys are, like, just amazing. And they're wonderful people, man. If you guys ever get a chance to meet any of these people, I – Pay the money, go to the con and meet them. They are freaking amazing.
1: And, I mean, don't just go up and get your book signed and walk away. Try no, to no. Get try, some to, try to get to know them. Try to talk to them a little bit because they're, they're all such fascinating people that have really interesting stories and a lot of insight into the industry and these characters. And I don't know. I've learned so much just from meeting these people and talking to them. And uh, I'm so happy we do the podcast because without it, I never would have had that opportunity.
0: Yeah, you never got to meet Josh Williamson here by spiders and shit. I mean, yeah. and he's one of our favorites too. So like, many. Props to them, man. So, what well, you already said Sure. You robbed me. So what was your pick of the week? Because that was my pick of the week. Uh,
1: My pick of the week is a book I'm pretty sure you didn't get a chance to read. It's called Seven to Eternity, number one. Oh. Uh, This is actually from my very favorite creative team ever. And it's Rick Remender and Jerome Opina. Where did this come from? Uh, It's a new image book. Huh. They're the guys that worked together on Uncanny X-Force, the run that had Deadpool and Phantom X and Psylocke. Okay. My favorite run of Uncanny X-Force and one of my favorite comic series of all time. Okay. Uh, So they're writing this new book. And it's very complicated and, and overly difficult to remember all the locations and names of the people in it uh, because it's a kind of a high fantasy Let me write that down again. What was it called? It's called Seven to Eternity.
0: Seven to Eternity. Okay, I'm going to have to go find me a copy then.
1: Rick wanted to do a book that was fantasy-based so that the sky was the limit and they could kind of play around with the world and do whatever they wanted to do. So he created this world with all these strange names that I can't pronounce and characters' names that I can't pronounce. But the basic gist of the story is that there was this family that... Everybody in the world has the ability to use magic, but it's like different types of magic. So there's this one family that revolted against the king that was taking over. There's this guy called the Mud King who kind of took over this major kingdom. And these were the people that were like the the second in command of the king before him. And uh, they did not want to bow to him, so they left. You know, they, they fought against him for a little while, but they realized that he was unbeatable, so they left. And this one man who leads his family takes them out into the wasteland. And for years, they've survived on their own. And they've become complacent. But the Mud King's never forgotten him. He's gotten everybody else in the kingdom to bow to him, to accept his ways. There's still like a tiny rebellion trying to fight against him, but it's kind of like the Empire versus the Rebellion. I mean, they're getting crushed. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Mud King's minions managed to locate this one guy who escaped. Ah, so he's Horstocles. I-, I think they're the- called the Osirises is the, the family. Uh, so the demons or whatever find them. The sky cracks open. One of the Mud King's minions... Who's almost like the Nevermind in uh, in Birthright? It's like this big monstrous-looking thing. The sky cracks open, and there's this huge monster, and he basically holds the father down and like pushes him into the mud until nothing's sticking out except for his arm, and he dies. Damn, it's pretty brutal. And while that's happening, the son runs over and he's clutching his dad's hand, trying to pull him out, and he can't do it. And he feels his dad dying, like he feels his arm like go limp when he runs out of air. And the whole rest of the family manages to escape, but, like, they lose their house, they lose their barn, they lose all their animals, they lose their, lose their livelihood because these monsters attack. So the demon that's there looks at the, the son, and he says, if you don't want the rest of your family to die, you need to come and hear the Mud King's offer. Because the whole thing is that the Mud King, he can tell you something, and whatever he tells you can manipulate you into becoming subservient to him. Okay. And this Osiris family was the most powerful magic-using family in the, in the land, so he really wants their support. And the dad was like, never listen to the Mud King's offer. Never have anything to do with him. Always get away from him. Fight his people if you can, but never listen to what he has to say. And the son is like, I, don't, I, I can't protect you. Dad couldn't protect us, and he was the strongest of all of us. Like, I have to go and, and listen to this guy. There's nothing else I can do. Mm-hmm. And the mom is like, you can't do that. Like, Your dad built his whole life around not doing that. You're disgracing him. And he's like, don't worry about it, Mom. I'm doing. I'm going to do what I have to do to protect you guys. So he rides off to the town by himself. And the whole time, he's plotting out a way to kill the Mud King. So he's planning on you know, betraying him and trying to attack him when he gets in there. Uh, but then at the same time, he's also considering, well, maybe I should just listen to him. Maybe that is the easier way. Because there's no guarantee he's going to succeed, right? Right. Uh, so he gets there, and there's the battle going on between the, the small rebellion and uh, the Mud King's forces. And the rebellion's like, Traitor, your, your family's weak. They ran away. I can't believe you didn't stay and help us. We could have won this fight if you had stayed. And he's just ignoring them. And the demons are ignoring him because... They know what he's there for. They, they know he's there to hear the Mud King's offer. So he walks all the way through town, and he meets this uh, priestess who's, like, one of the Mud King's underlings. And she does this weird magic thing where she, like, reads his mind. And somehow he's able to hide from her that his intention is to kill the Mud King. But she's like, I see you haven't changed very much since you were a little boy. And it turns out they were, like, childhood friends. Wow. And she takes him to the Mud King, and, and the very first thing, is, it's like this awesome scene because it's uh the mud kings this huge ugly looking dude he has like this weird like face mask thing on and he's just lounging in his chair in his throne and uh, he's like so i see you've come to hear my offer and that's where it ends it's very beautiful first of all because jerome opina's art is just perfectly suited for this you say penis opina what <laughs> jerome opina Opina? now no why are you adding an extra <laughs> jerome opina he's fantastic He's he's a beautiful artist it's so good uh, and it re- really compliments Rick Remender's writing. Like I think, aside from Rick and Matteo Scalera, this is probably my second favorite collaboration they do. And the team wrote one of my favorite series of all time. So uh, I'm really, really digging this series, and I highly recommend anybody go and pick it up if you can. I think that this could potentially be like the next big thing.
0: All right, when I'm done here, I'll call my comic book shop, see if they got it, put it in my box.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really, really good.
0: It sounds interesting. You said beautiful art, huh? So it'll captivate me and like suck me in?
1: I believe it will. Nice. Okay.
0: So when you were thinking of the Mud King and his minions, were you thinking of me?
1: No. What? No. Don't you listen to my He didn't say this deliciousness. Nice! I I didn't make that connection. (laughs) Here, let me show you. Are you ready to hear this deliciousness? (laughs) (laughs) Dumbass. (laughs) So that's it for comics. Kind of. Cool. Uh, I want to ask a favor of all the listeners out there. Uh, The Kickstarter for issue two of my comic book, Speak No Evil, is launching October 1st. So anybody out there that wants to come and support us, please do. Uh, We need your help. We're asking for $5,000 this time to make the book. Uh, We've got a good breakdown of everything that's getting spent and how it's getting spent. We have some amazing rewards. We have uh, three different variant covers this time. The first one's from Samir, who's our main artist, and it's this amazing page with all the demons. If you got the first Kickstarter book, uh, it's actually the very last page where we previewed issue two. That's one of the covers. We have another one that's from an amazingly talented uh, female artist that we met at Amazing Houston Con, Her name is Holly Randall, and it's kind of a fantasy-looking piece of art. You saw it. Mm -hmm. And it's about the two brothers. Uh, It's really cool as well. And then the very last one is about our female protagonist, Effie, and that one's being drawn by James Ferry, who we interviewed back at Comic Palooza.
0: Yeah, I like James. He's a pretty cool guy.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, So we have some really cool rewards. If you missed out on the first Kickstarter and you want to get a copy of the book, we do have a lot of rewards that are both versions like you can get issue one and issue two either digitally or physically we have a lot of other cool stuff in there as well there's even original paintings that i'm doing as a reward uh not that they're the greatest but you know if you like my art why not a little happy tree right here little happy tree (laughs) there's a lot of happy trees on the first one (laughs) Uh, and then of course we have uh you know original art from samir there's just a lot of cool stuff so please guys october 1st i'm going to be posting about it all over the internet uh facebook twitter instagram Please, please, please come out and support us if you can. It means the world to us. Thank you so much for anybody that supported the first Kickstarter, and uh, thank you for coming and doing it again. So, yeah. You
0: You know, I'll support. I'll do what I can. I mean, granted, I don't know if I'll be able to throw 175 out there again. I'll try. I may throw five. I don't know. (laughs) Five Gs.
1: Well, you saw the Kickstarter. You're the only person I've actually shown it to. What did you think? I
0: was impressed. I was impressed. I liked the video. The video was very snappy. Uh, Snappy. Snappy. (laughs) Snappy. A lot of comments. You guys have the enthusiasm. I think it was a better one than the first one because you now know that people like your shit. People love your book. You had people come up to you and buying books from you at the cons, and so now you're excited because now you know you got something here that people want. So I'm thinking this Kickstarter here is probably going faster than the other one. The other one you funded pretty quickly. Actually, the first night, you got like 75% of the damn thing funded. I think you're going to break it this time. I think you may wind up funding your Kickstarter way before the end of it this time.
1: Well, I want to remind people that if you pledge to us, you don't actually get charged for it until a month has gone by. So please come out and support us the first week. It would, be, it would mean so much to me if we could get funded in the first week somehow because this is an incredibly stressful process. <laughs> like if you're sitting there at 75% for three weeks, it is incredibly stressful. You're doing all this work, all this difficult stuff trying to promote it, and there's no guarantee that any of it's going to pay off. But if you make it in the first week, you know, I, I can only imagine that it's a lot more laid back and, and less stressful.
0: Well, you have critics that have already reviewed your book and have given it glowing glowing reviews we
1: have gotten a lot of positive reviews i'm really happy about that
0: the main guy we just talked about a few minutes ago the great steve orlando gave you another amazing quote on that frank barberry these are guys that are at the top of their game right now with these glowing stars they're talking about you guys got something good here you may have not been picked up by a comic book company yet but i guarantee you this second one goes quick like it's gonna go like i have a feeling you guys are gonna get snatched up here pretty soon if they don't they're idiots seriously i have the perspective of being your co-host obviously here and i'm also you know i enjoy your work. I know you and George personally. And I got to see people come to your table, and I got to pitch a little bit for you when I was out there doing my thing. And the reaction, I got, oh yeah, I got one already. It was great. So, you got a good thing, man. I'm yeah. hoping I'm, I'm, hoping for you. I'm praying for you that everything goes well for you. And you don't forget the little people like me. Who are you? Nice! Don't <laughs> buy his piece of shit book. <laughs>
1: Bubba something? <laughs> hey,
0: Bubba Clee says here, go out there and get your book. It's a good book out there. It's got some nudie pictures in there, too.
1: Nudie pictures.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, wrong book. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> well, anyways, guys, uh, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but please come support us if you can. We really appreciate it. Uh, we do have a few signings coming up. So if you're in Texas and you want to come meet us or say hi or anything, hi, uh, George and I are going to be at dragon's lair in Austin, uh, October 1st, actually the day the Kickstarter launches, uh, we're doing a signing of issue one there. And then October 8th, we're going to be eighth dimension here in Houston. And we're still working on setting up a day with pop culture, but, uh, We should have something pretty soon, and uh, I'll keep you guys posted on where we're going to be.
0: Pop Culture, the greatest comic book company in the state of Texas, here in Houston. Yeah. So repeat them dates again so they know where you're at.
1: October the 1st, you're going to be in Austin. At Dragon's Lair. October the 8th, you're going to be where? At 8th Dimension. Gotcha. Come see us if you can, and uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All right. Now it's time to move on to everybody's favorite segment.
0: Tell me a funny story. It's your turn.
1: (laughs) So for those of you who haven't been following our social media, you may not know that a new game came out on the iPhone. It's called He-Man Tappers of Eternity. Oh, yeah. You know, Miguel and I are giant He-Man fans. We have been for a long time. And uh, this game, even though it's uh, very basic, you basically tap a lot and swipe a lot. And uh, your He-Man and all of his friends, the other masters of the universe, fighting against Skeletor and his minions. I'm doing it right now. Stop that. (laughs) Uh it's it's a lot of fun and it's very addictive. Um for a long time I was actually in the top 50 ranked players in the US. I, I've kind of fallen off the last weeks. I've been playing as much but addict uh I was I was having a lot of fun with it. But anyways, the night it came out, I was laying in bed and uh Heather was laying beside me and she was kind of like on her side facing away from me playing on her iPhone and I had the game and I started playing it and I was tapping and it's not like you tap real slow. You have to like tap hard or swipe really hard. Uh-huh. So the bed's shaking. The whole bed's shaking and she goes what the fuck are you doing back there? (laughs) And I I covered myself up. and I go, nothing. And she goes, no, what are you doing? I kept going and the whole bed shaking. And she's like, what? And she starts trying to pull the cover off me and I'm not letting it go. And she's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm just playing (laughs) He-Man. I have the power. And she finally ripped the cover off me. She goes, what the fuck? And I'm like, I showed her the game and I'm just swiping. And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then she rolled back over. So I told that to, to George, and mm-hmm. he thought it was pretty funny. And he's like, yeah, I, I downloaded I played a little bit, but I'm, it's a tapper game. I'm not going to get hooked on that or whatever. And I told him, and he laughed, though. And we went to eat dinner and then stopped at the gas station to get gas. And I started playing, and he went inside the gas station and came back out, and the whole car was shaking. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just playing He-Man, man. <laughs> you tell anybody. If you tell anybody I'll find you And I'll get you (laughs) That's (laughs) what it looks like (laughs) I can't help it I mean you gotta Move your arm real fast And swipe You know and, you know, everything shakes when you're doing that. So. <laughs> I don't shake like that. Yeah, you do. I and jelly. I don't shake like that. <laughs> uh, you know, momentum of your arm is enough to move, like, the entire car or shake the bed. <laughs> like, it happens.
0: So. <laughs> what are you doing back there? <laughs> what are you doing back there?
1: I'm just playing with He-Man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what you call it?
1: <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was a funny moment. That what is mentioning. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> If you haven't checked out the game uh, and and you enjoy mindless tapping games, I I recommend it. It's fun. That that story
0: would have been a lot funnier if you sleep in the buff. (laughs) I do not. (laughs) I do. Good job. (laughs) Gotta let them breathe, bruh. Gotta let them breathe.
1: Don't look at me like that. (laughs) So that's my funny story. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's short but sweet. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to this week's comics, movie, and TV news. Give me some movies! You want to talk movies first? Yeah. All right, we got to see the very first clips from Ghost in the Shell this week, uh, and they're weird little 10-second clips of Scarlett Johansson and uh, various people from the Ghost in the Shell universe. It's super futuristic. It, it kind of looks like Illuminati stuff's going on. I'm not sure how true to the original movie they're going to stick, or the original manga. Um, it's not bad, but I'm not excited for it. I don't know what it is. Oh, you never, you never saw the original Ghost in the Shell? No. Oh, okay. You need to watch it. I'm not a big anime guy. I know, but it's one of those classics. It's like Akira. It's like one of the ones that everybody's seen, everybody knows. It's the one that we're all up in arms
0: about Scarlett Johansson playing the main character because yeah, he does like Asian.
1: Yeah. I think it's fine. I'm not worried about that. But it just doesn't seem exciting to me. You know? Honestly, like the, the original movie, even though it is a classic, it's not my favorite. I just think it's kind of okay. Uh, I liked the series, though. Uh, Ghost in the Shell 2nd, uh, whatever. That was actually fun. Uh, I enjoyed that one a lot more than the original movie. But... You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, check out the clips. You know, if you're a big Ghost in the Shell fan, at least there's something you can look at now. Uh, I just don't know if you're going to love it, because I don't.
0: I'll just have to wait and see. I don't think I'm going to see it at the theater.
1: Okay. Uh, let's see. Disney made an announcement that they're going to continue releasing Star Wars films beyond 2021. Uh, they had only planned on doing up until 2021, as, as far as anybody knew, but they had a big meeting, and they figured out they have a lot more story to tell, so... You know, we don't know the titles or the release dates or anything like that. but It's
0: not about the story. It's about the money. <laughs> I think
1: that's obvious to anybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Disney. Tell me it's all about the money. You know what it is. And we don't care because the movies are amazing. Yeah. They're not messing it up, man. So that, I'm happy
1: by that. I am too. Uh, they've done a really good job thus far. I'm hoping Rogue One is as good as it Force good. Awakens was. Oh God, Rogue One looks good. Yeah, it does. So I'm excited for more Star Wars. Nothing not to like there. Of course. Uh, have you seen the Avengers anti-Trump commercial? No. Okay, so it's uh, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, and they're basically talking about being a hero, and uh, there's a supervillain trying to take over the U.S., and we all need to rally against Trump because if we let him take over, it's going to ruin the country and all this stuff. And then they make a promise at the very end saying that if Hillary Clinton wins the election, then in Mark Ruffalo's next movie, he'll, he'll go in the buff and ruffalo's like what (laughs) i didn't agree to that (laughs) oh oh, man uh this is not a political show we don't really get into politics i'm not politically motivated at all but i did find the commercial mildly amusing because of the ruffalo thing so i wanted to at least touch on it
0: i don't want to touch anything (laughs) with (laughs) ruffalo what the hell that's kind of funny though yeah you haven't seen it i have not seen it. that's pretty damn funny when and did that crap i'm too busy laughing at the thor With his roommate, Daryl, in Australia. There's also rumors
1: (laughs) that Daryl's going to be in Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Yeah, I heard about that. That's awesome. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I'll Uh, show you the commercial. Yeah. It's it's uh, worth a laugh, at least, even if you are... A Trump supporter? Yeah.
0: I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Clinton supporter, either. I'm a Lord for President supporter. You know this. I'm voting for Cthulhu. What? You know? <laughs> the world's going to
1: shit. <laughs> Vote for the candidate that can make real change. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Actually, I got that shirt the other day. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so moving on, Rob Liefeld. You know, he created tons and tons of characters over his career. In 2017, Image Comics will have been around for 25 years. Okay. And one of the first groups that Rob Liefeld is responsible for creating is Youngblood. You remember oh, those guys? Yeah, I remember those guys. Uh, so back in the 90s, it was super popular, and they were actually talking about making a Youngblood movie. And Rob Liefeld apparently wrote a script for it. So there's this entire script for a Youngblood movie that never got any kind of traction, never got released, never got any kind of anything. He released it on his own personal website to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Image Comics. So if you're a big Youngblood fan, I think it's kind of cool that that's out there now and you can go check it out. That's cool. Yeah, I I remember how excited I was to finally read the Deadpool script. So I can only imagine what Youngblood fans are going to feel knowing this is out there. I mean, I personally was not the hugest fan... But if I get bored and run out of material to read, I might go check it out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Spider-Man Homecoming rap production this past week in Atlanta. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I know. I feel like just yesterday we were talking about who they were casting and all the secret stuff. and uh, We still don't know all the details about it, but they already finished production. That's, that's I'm, crazy. I'm excited for Spider-Man Homecoming. I am too. I thought Tom Holland did a great job of Spider-Man. Yeah, it cracks me up. <laughs> that's cool. And that's it for movies. Give me some Comics. Comics. Uh, Marvel has announced a line of hero themed comic book boxes, very similar to like the boxes in action kind of thing, mm-hmm. but with teams on it. And the first one's going to be like the new young Avengers, the champions or whatever. Okay. So it's got like Nova and Ms. Marvel and all those guys on it.
0: I think it will be the same quality as boxes in action.
1: Well, according to their website, yes. You know, they're water resistant, just like the boxes in action boxes are, you know, they can withstand like a weight of like 20 or 30 pounds. Um, they look solid. They're $5 each and they'll be available in comic shops everywhere. Wow. So, so cheaper. I think they're trying to undercut Boxes in Action a little bit. Like, they saw the model those guys were doing, and they're trying to, like, usurp it, which kind of sucks because I like the Boxes in Action guys a lot. Yeah. And they have a great product. Um, and they have a lot more diversity in, in what mm-hmm. boxes are available to. I mean, you can get just about anything from those guys.
0: Yeah, I can see a few here in your, your room. <laughs> so
1: it's worth mentioning, but uh, honestly, if you want to support a smaller company that makes really, really high quality products that are the best comic boxes you can buy, uh, check out boxes in action. Like I'm, I've done my entire collection in their stuff, and I love them.
0: Yeah, they even give me a discount too, didn't
1: they? Well, the more you buy, the better deal you can get. But
0: I think they're in Cincinnati right now at a con. Yeah,
1: they're hitting most of the cons in the U.S. They're traveling around, but they're based out of Texas. And yeah. the owners are great people, so uh, highly recommend checking them out. They're not yeah. our sponsor or anything. I'm just uh, they're friends of ours. They're friends. Yeah. So check them out. Uh, moving on, Marvel is doing a rare one for 1000 variant for the new venom series that starts in november okay they almost never do anything that high and those books tend to be worth a lot as, as time goes by but they haven't announced who's doing it yet but with that level you can only assume it's going to be like a really big name artist um sam de La rosa i'm kind of excited for the new venom have you heard anything about him no this is the 1st i'm hearing it's, of it it's a new venom it's not uh, eddie brock it's not flash thompson it's somebody completely new with the venom some and it doesn't look like Flash Thompson. It looks like Eddie Brock Venom. It's, you know, tongue hanging out, big, massive jaws. Like, back when Venom was ruthless.
0: When De La Rosa was drawing him. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I don't know who's taking over the body. They haven't, they haven't said that yet, but I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm definitely going to be picking this series up. Cool. Yeah,
0: that looks freaking... I'm, I'm excited now. Yeah.
1: DC has announced the eight winners of the Writer's Workshop class. They had that big contest where people could submit portfolios of their writing work. You had to get endorsed by a writer who was currently working in the industry. Uh, it was very rigorous. They had like over a 1,000 entries, and they picked it down all the way to eight. Mm-hmm. So they announced the eight winners. The list is Al Goingback, Erica Harrell, and Desiree Proctor, Al Letson, David Arampo, Aaron Gillespie, Ryan Lindsay, and Tony Patrick. Uh, the only one of those that I actually know at all is Ryan Lindsay. Aaron Gillespie sounds familiar. We, we may know him from Twitter or, yeah. or Facebook or something, uh-huh. uh, but congratulations to those guys cause that's yeah. a huge accomplishment. Yeah, congrats. Uh, I hope one day I can be counted among that number or something. I mean, maybe. It's not impossible. Keep working on my books and see what happens. But uh, that would be awesome. I didn't even apply this year because the, the deadline was too quick.
0: So you write a story and somebody one of the D.C. guys backs you?
1: Uh, you have to get endorsed by somebody that's already out there. You had to write. Uh, you had to send in writing samples. I think it was like three different writing samples, and one of them had to be about DC characters. And then you had to send in some of your finished work. There, there was a lot of requirements for it. It was very hard. It was a very very competitive class to get into. So, hmm. and it's being taught by um, Scott Snyder and, and a bunch of other people. Oh shit! So I mean, it's it's a workshop to basically turn you into the next next generation of dc writers that's cool as hell so uh, these eight people will have jobs probably when they when they finish this thing wow which is pretty cool so
0: i get backed by the great steve one <laughs>
1: <laughs> well he's got to really like your work you know and the current writers can only endorse one person so they can't do like multiple endorsements with their friends they had to be very selective in who they chose because they had to let, write a letter of recommendation
0: it's me man it's me yeah but what have you written <laughs>
1: The life story of Horstocles. No, you didn't. I tried to get you right. <laughs> you didn't do it.
0: It's written. It's hidden right now. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a written manuscript. It's ro- uh,
1: for film. Okay. Uh-huh. Miramax is releasing it. Uh-huh. In a- <laughs> uh-huh. Keep talking. <laughs> um, you will like this. Lock and Key is returning in December from IDW. There's a new miniseries called Small World. Wow. Same team. Uh, so that's coming in December, and uh, there's, I think, six or seven different variant covers, but it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Lock and key, baby.
1: I know that's one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. Joe Hill, man. Stephen King's son. Uh, Marvel's also doing a 50-plus Avenger variant month in December, where each state is going to be assigned an Avenger. Who's Texas got? We we don't know yet. We don't know who anybody's is yet. Uh, I'm hoping that we get somebody good, though. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're not like, Texas Tornado counts, right? What the? No. They could do a lot better. Captain America, man. No, I'm pretty sure Captain America's going to get, like, New York. Because he's from Brooklyn. That's true. And I'm sure Iron Man's going to get California. Sam mm-hmm. Wilson? Sam, Sam's from, like, Ohio or something, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. He's from the north somewhere. Uh, I Black mean, Widow? Was, Scar- was Scarlet Spider ever technically an Avenger? I don't think he was. No. It would make sense to give us Scarlet Spider, but yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know who they're going to give Texas. I'm, re- I'm really interested to see, actually. I was thinking about that the other day, and I couldn't figure out who they were going to give us. The Black Panther. No, he's he's not from Texas, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarlet Witch. no. No, I think I think all of the main Avengers people are going to be, like, you know, the Northeast. Well,
0: look here, damn it. Texas is Texas, so we deserve something. We're going to wind up with Ant-Man.
1: <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we're, we're going to get Ant-Man either. I don't think we're going to get anybody major. I think we're going to get, like, some Tier 2 or Tier what 3. What the Avenger. hell? <laughs> Texas is not a Tier 2 state, damn it. We're going to get Big Bertha or some shit. Big Bertha? <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> Bunch of fatties down here in Texas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's messed up, man. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness! Or Squirrel Girl,
1: you know that's possible too.
0: Hell no! No 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 no!
1: <laughs> I just want to see your reaction. I don't think we'd get Squirrel Girl. We're not. We're not that cool. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're also doing uh, Puerto Rico again and Canada. So I'm pretty sure Canada's just going to get Wolverine, right? Probably that makes sense. Yeah. No, they're not. They're going
0: to get somebody from Alpha Flight.
1: Alpha Fight's not Avengers. Oh, that's though. right. Damn. Puck? No? Wolverine's the... the yeah, big yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be Wolverine, I'm pretty sure. Could be Deadpool. It could be. But he's... Well, he's an Avenger now. So, yeah, uh-huh. it could be Deadpool. It'll probably be the most sought-after one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah. What is this
1: kickoff? December.
0: Oh, okay. So,
1: i have to wait and see. But I'm I'm very curious to see who they give Texas. Are you going to buy all of them? No. I'm not <laughs> going to buy any of them, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm curious. Uh, and that's it for comics. Let's move on to TV. Yes. Gotham season three started. Of
0: course, it did. Did you watch it? Don't talk to me about Gotham season three right now. I'm still trying to finish Gotham season two.
1: How are you so far behind, man?
0: Life catches you, and then you get stuck doing things you don't want to do, and you have to do them because they're the right things to do. And so, TV suffers.
1: You have your phone. You can just put it on your phone and take it with you wherever you go, and you know, tune out those things you don't want to be doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like my family. Justin, tell me I can stay away from you and watch TV. (laughs) That's what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, I'd be divorced again. Thanks. <laughs>
1: yeah, You've got two earbuds. You can put one in your ear, too. <laughs> oh, man.
0: No, yeah. I know it came out, and I saw some stuff already, and I don't really – it looks good.
1: Yeah, the Court of the Owls makes an appearance. Ah! I'm going to mute myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Talon, the very first Talon shows up, but he's very, like, guy in a suit wearing a mask kind of Talon. It's more like James Bondish, nice. like, with a mask on or something. It's not like the badass Talons that we're used to seeing in the comics. Like, I really wish they had d- done a little more pageantry with him, uh, made him a little more costumey. Because I mean, the Court of Owls has been around forever, and they have a long history of using these Talons. And these Talons have been wearing costumes since like the 1600s. So it's a little weird to just have like a hitman in a suit with a mask as a Talon <laughs> versus some suited guy. You know, I think it takes some of the oomph out of it, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think so too. I would have loved to see the full dress Talon. Hell, I'd love to see the episode,
1: period, but I'm not going to watch it until I finish season two. (laughs) You'll you'll get there. I will get there. Um, Matt Hawkins. We know him. He's the the owner of Top Cow. His series, Postal, which is probably their most popular series, Mm -hmm. just got picked up for a TV series from Hulu. Really? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I've actually never read it. I've heard good things. Uh, We interviewed Matt, and everybody was telling me I needed to check it out. I've just been so busy. Like I really need to go back and read it now, especially since it's becoming a TV series. But just ignore everything else in your life, and you know, just <laughs> that's what I'm gonna have to do. Yeah, you know? fuck this Kickstarter. <laughs> fuck working out. <laughs> I gotta read Postal. <laughs> yeah. Forget the wife. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell Matt
0: that I'm gonna do that. Okay, he'll love you more.
1: Uh, Gabriel Luna the guy who plays Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. um, he did an interview the other day where he said that Mephisto was very likely to appear in the Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe in the near future. Nice! I'm kind of excited for that. Who would play that character? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> wow. You know, it's hot down here. All right, all right, all right. No.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. You know who it's going to be. It's going to be Machete, man. He's going to play Mephisto. Danny Trejo as Mephisto. <laughs>
1: That would be freaking awesome. Stephen Hammel. That'd be really funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you uh, did you watch Turtles 2?
0: No, we, I haven't seen Turtles 2 yet. I, I saw that at Target. You could buy the, the van. Like, it's a van DVD set, and you get both of them and the mask as well. We were going to pick it up, but we hadn't seen Turtles 2 yet, so we don't even know if we want to do it or not.
1: I watched it the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's entertaining. It's a good, It's a good fun movie. Uh, I don't think it was as good a Secret of the Ooze. Like, it's a little bit weaker of a sequel than that. But Stephen Amell is super awkward in the movie. Really? Like He's definitely the worst actor in the movie, which is weird, because I like him so much as Arrow, but as Casey Jones, he's just kind of like, I'm here, I'm Casey Jones, I'm very awkward. Like, it, it, I was really disappointed in his performance. Oh, man.
0: The movie itself, though, was really good. Do so you mean me to tell me that Megan Fox was better than Stephen Amell?
1: Megan Fox out-acted Stephen Amell. Oh, I'm out of here. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was very disappointing. You'll see it when you watch it. Man, don't say that to me. That's uh, kind of... Oh, well, Rocksteady and Bebop. They were funny. They were really well done. Nice. I liked them a lot. Cool. Uh, I liked... I mean, it wasn't a perfect movie. It wasn't, like, great or anything, but it was fun. Okay. And, I mean, even even Stephen Amell was okay. He just... Super awkward. It's really hmm. weird. Interesting. Uh, the very last piece of TV news is that Brenda Strong has been cast as an unnamed recurring character in Supergirl Season 2. <laughs> Save the best for last. <laughs> you Supergirl casting.
0: That's all right. I haven't finished the first season yet either. I'm like behind on everything.
1: You got to catch uh, up, man.
0: Man, I'm behind on that, behind on
1: Preacher, behind on. But you got up on Stranger Things.
0: Oh, yes, I did. That's why I'm behind on the other stuff. Stranger Things was amazing. I told you. Oh, my God. It was great. Such an 80s show. <laughs> so, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to catch up on Supergirl, Preacher, Gotham, uh, and a few other things because, you know, everything's already kicked in here. Uh, Chicago PD started, Chicago Med started, so I got
1: got to get caught up before the rest of the CW stuff kicks in. If they called her New York Supergirl, would you watch her? You like TV shows with the names of cities in the title? <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> I watch Supergirl because you know I like the actors. Period. But I just got
1: behind. You know, stuff happens.
0: Ain't that the truth? Yeah, yeah. tell me about it. I got to work out. I got to work on this damn Kickstarter. I mean, oh, that's not me.
1: <laughs> well, that's it for news. Cool. Uh, Chris Ryder and I are talking about doing the Horsemanians comic as a Kickstarter. Chris Ryder. Uh, we're open to suggestions for ideas about rewards that people would want to see. I don't want to just come up with stuff I mean, I, don't have so, I have some stuff that I'm working on already. Uh, one of the things that George and I actually talked about doing was a horse minions like mockumentary where we hire a camera to follow Horticcles around on his daily life and like kind of reenact some of the things that occurred in the earlier issues of horse minions, like uh, dealing with the mailman and the horse tickles mail that showed up and uh, you know Miguel's fear of spiders. Like a spider crawls under the bed and Horsiclee flips out and has the minions tear the whole house apart and he can't go to sleep until he finds that spider and kills it. And, uh, you know, we want to reenact some of that kind of stuff. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But we're looking for ideas for possible rewards. Uh, This is probably not going to happen for another six to eight months before we really start working on it. But uh, I just want to be prepared. So if you have any ideas or anything you'd like to see as rewards for horse minions. I got it. I got it nude selfies no cal- calendar the calendar man <laughs> <laughs> i said things people want so <laughs> people want that <laughs> <laughs> who are these people <laughs> my minions <laughs> I, I, i'm not sure about that <laughs> anyways uh please write us or tweet at us and let us know if you have any ideas or anything you think you'd want to see as a reward and uh that's pretty much it want to remind everybody please follow us on our social media you can find us on facebook at facebook.com comicalpodcast on Twitter, I am at Comical Podcast. I'm at Comical Podcast too. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And if you like the show and you listen to it on any of those places, please leave us a review, especially on iTunes. Uh, we actually got some new ones in the past few days, which I'm kind of excited about. Really? You want to read them? Sure. All right, so the first one comes from CasterQuest. All okay. right. And she says, uh, you start out with one thunder god with a booming voice like butter on warm bread. Add in one pound of finely chopped horse meat. Mix in an entire package of comic book expertise, splash a dash of hilarious personal stories, a squeeze of pure, unadulterated talent, add a cup of explicit rambling, strain it over ice to make it extra cool, and then garnish it with a cherry, and enjoy this refreshing podcast that will entertain and educate audiences of all ages. Comical Podcast is awesome. Wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) That's a great great review, right? Uh Uh, So we got another one from Derizzo1975, which I can only assume is Rick. Okay, And he says, these guys make me laugh and keep me up to date on comics and which books to buy. Keep up the great work, fellas. Oh, that's cool. And the very last one came in uh, just a couple days ago. It's from Starving Writers Club. He goes, the host Justin is my favorite. At the end of a brutal work day, nothing is better than firing up the latest episode of this for my crap commute home. Definitely recommend this show for any comic fan out there. You're their favorite? Apparently. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. They didn't even mention me. No. Who's that guy? I don't know. What's his name?
1: What is, uh, starving Writer Club. Fuck you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> don't worry about Miguel. <laughs> oh, fucking dicks.
0: Why don't you come take my chair if you're better
1: at it, you starving, riding bastard? We really want to insult our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know they loved loved. <laughs> I, I guess so. You know, they've been listening long enough. They know that's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, man, you know, appreciate all that. But, you know, even that other first, that first review seemed like they had a, a, a lot more affection for you than me. They, they, they said horse meat. They're grinding my ass up.
1: <laughs> well, m- most people have more affection for me, but they, what? Like, they like the character that you portray. <laughs>
0: what? So, wait a minute. So, me as a person, I'm not lovable? Is what you're telling me?
1: Well, sometimes you come off the wrong way. You know, talking about this deliciousness and how you want to give them nude selfies. <laughs> not everybody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come off the wrong way. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look, man.
0: I... I, I... <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's speechless there, there's, there's no accounting for taste That's all you have to
0: I'm insulted You're insulted I'm hurt
1: I'm deeply offended <laughs> I'm I'm, wound, I'm a wounded horse right now My ego can't take the You getting positive comments Justin <laughs> <laughs>
0: My horse ears are drooping Thank you America America It's okay at least Finland loves me That's true Sweden loves me Maybe. The UK loves me Some of them Some of them a lot more than others <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Ireland loves me Do they? Yes, I know. Okay. Scott loves me. Stuart loves me. Who is Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Who is Scott? (laughs) I
1: need more info on this. (laughs) Huh? Who is Scott? I don't know. Scott loves you. I just thrown out names. (laughs) Chad. (laughs) 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 Gus. Shut up. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, The episode may come out a little later next week because I'm going to be, like I said, uh, launching the Kickstarter and then in Austin on Saturday, so we'll record on Sunday. But I may not have time to get it all edited until Tuesday or Wednesday. So That's a uh, if it's a little bit late, I apologize, but I'll do my best. And I want
0: my, my minions and my friends and my Twitter followers to get out there and give me some positive reviews. Damn it,
1: <laughs> I'm hurt. Yes, please please post reviews and tell Miguel how much you love him. <laughs> he'll be insufferable if you don't. So
0: oh, it's coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. And Until that time, keep on laughing, bitches. Unfucking fucking believable <laughs>